Independently for Excellence with your host, Victoriously Speaking, also known as Nicole Benton, Licensed Professional Counselor. Do you sometimes feel that nobody understands what you are going through and that others do not share your personal struggles? You may be surprised. Today, you will listen and learn from the stories and our testimonies on the program. Now, here is your host, Victoriously Speaking. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Nicole, a.k.a. Victorious. Yes, and Victoriously Speaking. And thank you for tuning in to Life Radio, where we aim to live independently for excellence, free of fear, anger, and or doubt, brought to you by Hearts to Nourish Hope. I am super excited because we, you know, we had a break, so they replayed a couple shows the last couple Mondays, and I really wanted to come back to this this, uh, talk about poverty and the mindset of poverty last time we really got it in um i brought back my my community partner from rba mr rossi eason rossi eason what's up hey what's going on y'all good to see y'all out there that's right that's right and then um one of my uh homeboys from the midwest i had to bring him in i got two of them actually i'm sorry because i had a surprise guest um that i didn't even put out mr charles mcintosh from the shy town charles say what's up what's up what's up yes he's uh in the community and in the film industry and uh, we work into the in the community as well but i also brought mr sadan long sadan where you at I'm in Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. Wow. Gary, Indiana in the house. GI, where you at? That's right. <laughs> we doing we doing it big here in 2018, and I really believe that you know this is a winning year for those of us who have held on. Um, we talked last time about the mindset of poverty and how uh, you know it affects us as individuals and um, not being able to really fulfill our purpose and things. I don't know um, if you guys got a chance to listen to it, but Sadan, I really, uh, I wanted to kind of start off a little bit with you in what your definition or what you think about poverty. What does that sound like to you? Well, I think really, well, first of all, the reason we have poverty is just because people don't have the tools, nor do they have the proper self-image to really live in the world that we live in. I mean, you take our ancestors, you take our parents, you take our parents' parents. They didn't really give us the things that we needed to be successful in this world. Uh, Yeah, they told you to get a good job, but they grew up during the explosion of industry, whereas now we live in kind of a contraction slash transformation. So we don't really have the tools for the time that we're in now. I mean, right now we're looking more along the lines of creating and developing. And if you don't feel good about yourself or your ideas, how do you present your ideas in a way that's valuable? I mean, I think there are so many great ideas that people have right now, but people are just hating on them and making them feel ashamed and making them feel like they're not good ideas because they come from them, as opposed to coming from someone who, quote, unquote, is more established. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, look, everybody in here nodding their head. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, I think I talked about it earlier, how we can count out us, you know, each other, family. Yeah. And um, 
And that is part of the poverty mindset. I, I, I'm trying to figure out where that came from. I don't know what you think. What do you think about that, Rossi? Um, no, I think he's absolutely right. I mean, poverty is really a... As we kind of mentioned in the in the in the last broad class, it's sort of a, it's more of a mindset that turns into a spirit, or a spirit that turns into a mindset. However, you want to look at it. And to his point about not having the tools, uh, he's absolutely right because human behavior is learned behavior. So the unfortunate part about it is, if you grow up in a poverty-stricken environment, a lot of times you learn a lot of bad habits, and the decisions you make is only as good as the information you receive. So a lot of times there's a lot of bad information floating around in those particular communities, which is what makes it a bit difficult for some of the people. Um, to sort of get out of that mindset. And a lot of it is, um, it can potentially be in your mind because we are in the digital age and the information age. And granted, there's nothing you can't learn with, uh, you know, a cell phone and a full battery charge these days. But but once again, if that's not what's going on in your particular circle, you'll just continue to exist the way that you always have unless somebody comes in and breaks that mold. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think it's interesting because when... We had our last show. I had someone on Facebook, um, Micah Williams. He talked about um, being overseas. And he said that when he was stationed in Italy, that his friend said that Americans live to work while they work to live. And he said it it really made him look at things. But that's kind of some of the things that I was talking about in the show last time. We look at things with, with these, you know, blinders. Just one way. And we have this whole big world that's really going through the same thing, but we think that we're the only ones going through it. And it doesn't make sense because of the way we think about things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What'd you say, Sadan? I said, I I agree with you. And, you know, to go back to, to why, I mean, we have people who basically were disenfranchised and trying to figure out how to get in. And when our parents were coming up, they were looking at the people who were supervising them and saying, well, just go get a degree. If you get a degree, you could be a leader. You can be a boss. So mm-hmm. what do we do? We send all our kids to college. And instead of going to trade schools, instead of developing businesses, instead of be- developing companies, we turned into assimilators. So oh. that's kind of where the we got off track. You know, it was that my mama works here and the supervisor isn't as good as she is, but she has a degree. And we thought that if we just got a degree, that that would make everything better. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to put it to you this way. Think about this. In the, in our community, most of our, the one bad trait we have is the way information is disseminated. It's usually True. through word of mouth. None of us research. If my homeboy came to me and said, you know, the river's overflowing. It's going to flood the neighborhood. First thing I'm going to do is I'm gonna go to someone else and say, you know, the river's overflowing. I ain't checked it. Didn't reference it. Didn't get any facts. Just my homeboy told me. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to go read it in a book. I'm not going to go go on the Internet and find out that's true. I take his word, which is pretty much how we've been since back in the slavery days. Word of mouth was our only news. And we kept that habit up to this day. We don't go read for it. We don't research for it. We don't ask for answers or second opinions. It's what somebody we trust says, and we roll with it. Prime example is the Bible. They had it to the, to the slaves, said, this is yours. They held it, and they've held on to it so tight ever since, it's become a clutch. And it's one of those things that, that bothers me the most is how we receive the information. We have a habit of not listening. We just talked about this earlier, how people 
want to have conversations, but they don't want to have a two-way conversation. Right. They just want to spit what they spit, <laughs> have you hear their views, and then it's like, whoo, got that off my back. Now let's move on. Right. right. So there's no, no return <laughs> no return conversation, mm-hmm. no understanding what my my mindset may be. Or maybe you maybe pick something out of what I said that might ring a bell and say, hmm, you know, I never thought of it that way. Right. But we, like you said, they bind us. We refuse to look outside that vision we already have and the way we've been doing it for years, which is one of our downfalls, we never uh, try to, I guess you say, enhance what we have. We just try to hold on to what we have. But if we take all of that, what we're saying, and, you know, even the last show, you know, in trying to um, define what poverty is, because, mm-hmm. you know, poverty has nothing to do with money. Mm-mm. But we want to keep, you know, making it seem like that's the, the number one thing when you look at poverty because of the way that we've been put into classism in, you know, in our world. Um, but everything that you, you just said, how do we take that and we flip it? Like, how do we take everything you're saying? We, you know, we don't listen to each other. We don't fact check. We don't. Um, and, and it goes to, you know, things that we believe, but we believe in stuff that's not true. So how do, how do we come back from that? It's just a feeling. <laughs> and that's, that's basically feeling? Like, you know, you can, all that you just said is basically a feeling. It's not like we just said, it's no facts, but it's just I feel. If you ever talk to a person that asks them, say, why are you doing what you're doing? He goes, well, I feel like it's usually the first <laughs> thing that's come out. I feel like right. there's no rationale behind it, no facts. I just feel like that's what I should have did. Don't put your finger in that socket. I feel like I should just to see. Why'd you do that? I felt like I should try. It's pretty much how we do a a lot of things in life. We go through it with our gut, trying to live off uh, intuition, gut feelings. Instead of just doing the work, we're trying to find the easy road. It's easy just to let you tell me. Because I've had people do that during elections. Mm -hmm. Who you vote for? Mm -hmm. That's so and so. Do you know about them? No, but if you say they're good, no, that's not how it works. Not because I said they're good. You should want to know what they're doing for you, not for me. Well, I don't know. That's true. What do you think, Sadan? Like, how does that relate to poverty and what we're saying? Well, I mean, the first thing we have to do is we have to develop our own set of core values. I mean, right now, we have people who are trying to be Americans, and the American dream is designed for Freddie Mac, Henry Ford, and the people (laughs) who created America. So at the end of the day, you can't have a vision for your life that's determined by somebody else. So what we have to do is we have to start saying, well, what's success in our community? What's success in our households? What does that look like for us? And when we get that piece, then we can start to build on that. You know, so I think more than anything else, we just need to pull out of this American dream of chasing the big car, the big house, um, trying to do all of these things to have the oppressors, for lack of a better word, accept us. You know, we have to go back to saying, okay, well, we are over here, and we're going to be over here, and we're going to make our dollars circulate over here. We're going to support ourselves over here until we build an infrastructure that allows us to move out of the situation that we're in. Because right now, you get a dollar, and you put it into another community. That doesn't help your community. It doesn't help your entrepreneurs, and it doesn't help your family. So if we start supporting each other and we detach ourselves from the quote-unquote American dream, I think we'll we'll have more success. Mm, Rossi? 
Um, I think he said a mouthful. One thing I just kind of want to chime in on that he said, well, he talked about the value system and we're talking about poverty. We're talking about our community, even dealing with racism. Big part of racism is teaching people a warped value system. So, for example, teaching us that having a pair of red bottoms is more important than investing or what have you. Um, A lot of our value systems is what's keeping us poor. For example, you'll notice that in especially in the black community, we have an entertainment culture. And I use this a lot in my presentations. If you look at the three main options they give us, especially for males, it's usually sports, drugs, entertainment, right? You're either going to be an athlete, uh, you're going to be a rapper, or if not, you're going to hit the streets. So our value systems are warped. What happened to making reading cool, right? Or being an intellectual? A lot of times we shun that. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even so, and I'll give you a side note example. As you know, I've done a lot of speaking engagements or whatever. You know, I have a lot of uh, black colleges that will hit me up or whatever. They might have seen it on YouTube. They might have heard me speak somewhere. You know, you quote them a fee. They don't want to pay it. But then you turn around and they don't pay $20,000 for two chains to show up. Right. You understand me? Yeah. So it's because we have a warped value system. And a lot of times that keeps us locked into a certain mentality. Like we were saying, it's not that the information is there, but a lot of times we don't value the right things. And instead, we value the wrong things mm-hmm. that keeps us in that particular. I mindset. got an example of that, too, though. I know um, I went to my stepdaughter's uh, honors program and it was like in the middle of a week um, doing work hours. But when they wanted to uh, have this program for the athletes, it's on a Saturday. It's on, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. And in my mind, I was sitting there going, well, these babies, I mean, they, we had uh, young people in there that had got the Bill Gates Award and all kind of, I mean, just very intelligent, smart kids that did their thing. But they couldn't get a big audience because, to, in my opinion, you thought that very lowly of them to do something at a time when you knew parents had to go to work. Like, I really had something to say, I could, but, but you don't do that when it comes to the athletes. And we are very turned around, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I have nothing against um, entertainment because, because of, and I, I said this earlier, I believe that God gives us talents for a reason, but we're supposed to be using it to serve each other. Right. It should not be a servitude where the only thing on your mind is getting paid and having big houses or, you know, I'm going to get me and my mama out the hood when we made the hood what it is. You know what I mean? And so, and that, to me, that's the, that's the poverty mindset. You know what I mean? But you know, the way, the way you overcome that mindset is, and I'm a firm believer in this because even though I'm in the entertainment industry, I learned that there's a, 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 a I guess, a missing link in our, our community. It's called exposure. Right. right. Our kids aren't exposed to other things to find, to know that there are other things there. Uh, prime example, um, when I go into, into places and talk about the film industry and the first thing he goes, I want to be a rapper. I just said I work in the film industry. You want to talk about music. But then I also tell him, well, OK, well, you want to rap. Do you know what it takes? There's a lot more than rapping than just grabbing, sitting out there with your boys on the corner, spitting. Mm-hmm. Even the same way it was with the, the, uh, the five guys doing a harmony on the corner. Right. You right. Can, everybody sings. Okay. There's some guys who can go in there and read scores, do timing and know how to do the business of it. Mm-hmm. They move along. And right. I always tell them there's so much more inside that. If you, my, my prime example I tell our kids is, if you want to go get a job, you have to wait. You have to fight for it. You have to fight for a job at Walmart. It ain't paying for 10 bucks, but you got to fight for that job. You got to fill out your application, know somebody, keep bugging them and get you in there. Well, if you're going to put that much effort in somewhere you don't want to be, right. why wouldn't you put that effort in somewhere you do want to be? Right. And people always say, well, you know, the film industry is a dream. No, it's not. It's a business. 
they have truckloaders just like Walmart does. Mm -hmm. They have security just like Walmart does. <laughs> All these jobs you're looking at Walmart, you go in the industry and do them. The key is being exposed to how they operate and what the procedure is to get in. Right. And those jobs come with benefits versus yeah. a job at Walmart that doesn't. Right. It also gives you an opportunity. How many times you heard a guy that was the, um, for example, bodyguard, Michael Clark Duncan, and the guy said, man, you look like you could do something. And you take him and you expose him to that art. Now he's an actor. People go, I didn't know you could act. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. just how that. Once you expose a person to and something, and that's what I think. That's with up. everything. I mean, that's with everything. I, you know, I was a soldier. Um, it, it was. It wasn't until you know when you travel and you see things, see things that's bigger. You know, when I came out of Gary, Indiana, I didn't. I didn't really know um, that until somebody told me, like, "Oh, you just a hood girl." I'm like, "What does that mean exactly?" You know what I mean? And, and now I'm a lot more polished. But, I mean, at the same mm -hmm. time, I had to get exposed to things for me to understand yes. that there's something more than what I was, uh, ex you know, grew up in in my environment. Um, yeah. So, Don, you got anything to say before we go to break? Yeah. I mean, well, two things. One, when you start talking about exposure, you know, most people, what we're talking about in regard to poverty, that's their norm. You know, that's what they've seen. That's what they've grown up around. And the only way for them to get exposure is for people who have been successful to continue to come back to the community. But if we live in the community or if we spend too much time in the community, then our quote unquote peers or colleagues, they shun us. It becomes right. a situation of, well, why are you going over there to that side of town? You know, you could get robbed over there. You know, it's dangerous over there. So it really is a two-edged sword because if they don't it see is. successful people, then they won't know that there are successful people who exist in other injuries, other industries, other than the ones they see on TV. Yeah, that's right. So we got to go that's back. Well, yeah, I think it needs to be strategic because you do got some young folks out there that will try us and will do some things to you um, because the the level of respect. So there is a two-way thing there. Um, we're getting ready to take a break, though, and um, we'll come back and we'll talk about how this is affecting our communities on a larger scale. So everybody who's listening, come on back after the break. Thanks, Sadan. Give us a minute. Okay. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Reconciliation Movement is a non-profit 501c3 charitable organization. It helps youth and families with education and community resources, promoting self-awareness, mental health, and drug and alcohol recovery. Reconciliation needs help with providing these resources for youth and families. Reconciliation accepts and is in need of donations and professional services to no and low-income families to prepare them for independence through health and education. Visit the ReconciliationMovement.org. Victoriously Speaking has over 20 years of experience in human services. She is a licensed professional counselor, a motivational speaker, writer, performer, and community advocate. Book Victoriously Speaking for your next event or take advantage of the workshop she has to offer. Victoriously Speaking is all about teaching life and learning to live independently for excellence, free from fear, anger, and our doubt. 
For more information on these programs or to book Victoriously Speaking, call 404-969-5661. That's 404-969-5661. Hearts to Nourish Hope has been a leader in Clayton County for over 22 years. As a nonprofit, our goal is to expand and continue to be a one-stop community resource center that equips youth with the tools they need to achieve their goals. From our education and career training programs to our youth-operated food pantry, all of Hearts programs are designed to empower participants to improve the lives of their families and the community. Would you like to volunteer or need more information on how to participate? Please visit heartstonourishhope.org. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Today it seems everywhere I go trouble's chasing me. You are listening to Life Radio. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at reconciliationmovement.org. Now, back to Life Radio. Here again is Victoriously Speaking. Welcome back to Life Radio, brought to you by Hearts to Nourish Hope. We are talking about this thing called poverty and, you know, uh, the root of all evil, which kind of comes back to money and how we view money, because it's not the money itself. It's just how we think of it. And I really today's show, since we were talking about um, the mindset and how it affects us as individuals, I wanted to talk about community. And we kind of touched on this a little bit, but, you know, you'll hear a lot of people talk about gentrification and you don't, you know, you'll hear it, not really understand what it means. And I had got uh, one of my many degrees in urban development um, and it taught me a lot, you know, and I learned uh, the things about gentrification and and the truth behind it as far as urban development and how it's systematic. And I found a couple of articles and one says that gentrification in the common sense is loosely based on the idea of people with more money moving into an area that is generally working class or lower income. This is what people see, so that's why they understand and how they define it. What they don't see is the underlying classism that exists with the whole process of gentrification. The term gentrify literally means the process of turning a working class neighborhood into middle to upper class neighborhood by renovating aging buildings and then selling them to more affluent buyers. And I'm going to skip down. It says the impacts of the gentrification movement can be tied to systematic racism, both directly and indirectly. It targets certain racial neighborhoods deliberately, and it also targets them because minorities make up the majority of the working class. I thought this article was awesome. I found it. uh, It's by someone named Jonathan Frett. Um, and it's a, a site that's actually called Give Them Hell. Um, so I thought it was interesting. But that very last thing about uh, targeting minorities because we make up the majority of the working class, to me, it goes right back to what you were saying about the American dream. This is what we were taught. 
we were taught, you know, my grandfather, you know, when I said I was going to go into business to my, with, uh, for myself back in 2007, it's like, you sure you want to do that? You're not going to have no benefits. You're not going to, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, did you just hear what I said? I want to start my own business. Like, I have this thing, and I know I can do it. And and I really got very little support from my family. Matter of fact, my grandma, God rest her, so is really the only one who really supported me. And my, and my mom, she supported me, you know. Um, but everybody else, I think, really thought I was crazy. So, and that goes back to that mindset, how we were taught. But that's crazy. Everybody talks about how they can come into our communities and take over and move us out, but then we're really doing it to ourselves. Yeah. What y'all think? What y'all think? I agree with that because growing up in Chicago, I still hear to this day, they come in our neighborhoods and buy up our stores and sell us stuff, but it's not that they came in. It's that we didn't buy them when they were available. Mm-hmm. I don't know for a fact that the businesses on my block when I was a five, six-year-old were owned by the people in my neighborhood and it was all black stores. The barber shop, the candy store, the gross, all that was all black on White Castle. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, as we got older and those people moved out, they got too older. They couldn't work. They were retiring. They wanted to sell a business. None of us walked in and said, well, I'll run the candy store. I'll run as a, we left it sitting there. So naturally, the people who saw it said, hey, there's a store there. We can make money. Let's the family go up there, which is most other nationalities group up as a group and go in there as a family and start buying up the place. And they work together and they live together. Mm-hmm. And then we get mad because they bought the store when nobody in our neighborhood would even pick it up. They let it go. And they always say, well, you know, I would have, or I, I, I was gone. Well, you can go on and could forever and never do anything. So, but that's one of the, the things, the drawbacks is if we don't put dollars back into our community, it doesn't come back to us. And we're one of the largest consumers in the world. We don't make up everybody, but we consume more than any other nationality in the world. We spend money. And I still, to this day, don't understand how some kids get $200 sneakers and they live in the projects. Or they, they their mom is getting welfare. Or even my kids. I would look at my kids and they go, give me them joys. And I go, do you have a job? I mean, do you work anywhere? Right. How do you get that kind of stuff and think that you can have it every year? For school, one pair. But after that, you don't get them. I mean, like my wife said, put some cardboard in there when the holes get in them. Right, Do something, but right, right. It's that consumer mentality. They always got to have the latest, the greatest, and mm-hmm. the next one, and the next one. I don't know. <clears throat> what do you think, Sadan, about well, the article? Well, that's, that's, that's go, go back to what he said. You talk about other races, but they are trying to be Americans. I mean, no disrespect to, to anyone, but you being from Chicago, you know that you can go to Greek town. You know that you can go where the Polish communities are. You know that you can go where the Asian communities are. And there are restaurants and shops and cultural things to let you know that you moved into their area. But in our communities, we've been taught to devalue ourselves. We've been taught to devalue what we make. We've been taught to devalue what we do. And anytime we have an accomplishment, it's been attributed to someone else. So for us, even when we get on the Instagram, or even when we get on any of these things, what do you see? You see us in the blue suit, with the red tie, with the cufflinks, with the cigars, looking like baby <laughs> Donald Trumps. So, <laughs> it's the truth. I mean, but yeah. where do we get driving big cars from? Mm-hmm. You know, where do we get wanting to be a part of corporate America from? We got it from them. Why do we want to move into their neighborhoods? Because their neighborhoods are better. Why do we want to send our kids to their schools? Because their schools are better. Mm-hmm. So they pretty much co-opted our culture and made it their own. So now 
when we're trying to do something in our community, we look at it like, nah, I'd rather go to their store because their store is better. Not understanding that whatever it is that they're doing has typically been first created by us. I mean, even when we bought all those 300 amps that look like Bentleys, it was a black kid designing those cars. But we don't own any car dealerships, nor do we own any car makers. Whereas you got Toyota, um, you got BMW, um, you got what? Audi. Those are all actual companies that right. are owned in other countries that bring their goods here. So even America as a whole is a consumer. You know, we buy all our goods from other countries. We ship all our companies to other countries. The only difference between us and the rest of America is that we are at the bottom of the totem pole. And as far as the whole thing with buying sneakers goes, we're really not buying sneakers as much as we buy self-esteem. You know, that mother that buys those sneakers for her kid, she feels better because she bought her kid some Jordans. Right, you just went on into my lane. <laughs> oh Lord, okay. Right. We behind self-esteem. Uh huh. That's, but that's yeah. big. I mean, my thing is, how do you, how do, how do you have a people to have self-esteem that doesn't have identity, hmm. a true identity? Exactly. We have, we exactly. have a, uh, we have a, and it's not just us. I think in America, in general, there's an identity issue. Because when you have, you know, I remember being young, you know, and you had, they always talk about the melting pot and everybody coming to America and all of this and all of that. And what everybody, you know, those who call themselves Americans call this thing about assimilating or assimilation. Like that's what the school system was built off of a little over 150 years ago was assimilation into an industrial area, era rather. And when you look at stuff like that, it's like, what were we actually assimilating to? Because nobody exactly. really know what, what, who, who are we? Right. You know what I mean? Uh, we can sit here all day and start talking about tracing roots and going back to Africa and doing this and doing that. But at the end of the day, I think we all have identity issues because <laughs> there's no, there's no one culture. We have so many cultures in our communities so many traditions and things and beliefs that most of the time you don't even know, you know, what to, what, what, where to go, what side to, you know, attend to. And, and then we sit here and talk about, well, we, you know, our black is beautiful. We have, we, you know, we should be proud of who we are. Who are we? We got to make America great again. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> got to make it great again. You know them days. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that means exactly. I said the same thing, but apparently it means something because they start barking and whooping for it. I'm like, okay. Uh, What you about to say? That's funny. No, I mean, you guys are saying a a whole mouthful, but yeah, gentrification is an interesting concept. One thing I noticed, and I know you from Chicago. I know you from what? Gary. Yeah, Indiana. You know, I'm from Newburgh, New York. I done seen all kinds of things. One thing you'll find, and you can go to any ghetto in America, and one thing that you'll see that's a common denominator, aside from the poverty, aside from the drugs, is it's a strict focus on immediate need. So people are living in the now. Right. So probably one of the problems with gentrification is just the vision isn't there. Because a lot of times we'll come in and say, oh, man, you know, 15 years ago, if you'd have bought this, you know, it would be worth this and that now. But when mm-hmm. people are living week to week, day to day, a lot of times they're not thinking that far down the road. Right. And to feed off of what both of y'all are saying, this may ruffle some feathers. We do have to start focusing on building the people, because if you right. try to rebuild the community, 
and you don't rebuild the people that live in that community, all they're going to do is turn it back into the ghetto. Right. We, a lot of times we don't, we don't want to admit that, but like you said, because they don't have an identity. They don't have a self-esteem, as the brother said. So they'll come back and do certain things. So we have to also focus on the people, the mindset there, as well as the, uh, the community itself, which is a reflection of the people that live there. Yeah, learn behavior. Absolutely. Yeah, they, they're stuck in that. But, you know, one thing, one thing we can say is that um, as people like ourselves who reach back and try to uh, uh, establish a, a network that will uh, enhance what those folks are going through, like myself. Anytime I'm around young guys or young folks, period, on the set, they always gravitate toward me because I guess I'm that, that older guy that's sitting over there minding his own business because I don't get involved with it. But people know me, so they speak. So then they want to know who I am. So then they step up and I talk with them and they all say the same thing. Well, I didn't know we could do this. I didn't know that we could do that. There are times you, uh, we need to stand up. We don't. There are times we need to sit down. We don't. Mm-hmm. So once we find that happy medium and learn to, as you say, self-esteem, to be able to step into who we are as a person, because mm-hmm. that's the key. You can't be everybody else. You, and you don't want to be everybody else. You need to find out where you lie, where your inner strength is, and where your focus goes. Mm-hmm. And once we can get them to pull themselves in, mm-hmm. I think everybody else will follow. Because one thing we don't, we do have a habit of is going, who will lead us? We say that a lot. Mm-hmm. Who's going to take us? Who's going to show us? Who's going to say? I have a big right. problem with that um, because I think that uh, we all are leaders in our own right. Exactly. Some kind of way we, you know, we, we got Black History Month coming. We got MLK Day coming up. And we love celebrating our heroes. Um, and we haven't had any since. Um, and a lot of it is because, well, it's a, it's a lot of different reasons for that. Um, and, you know, uh, one of the things that I've been trying to really educate us about is if if we get back to who we really are authentically, spiritually. See, I, I, somewhere along the line, we have lost ourselves spiritually. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because that's where you that's really where you get your power. That's how you're able to discern how to move from day to day. But we get so distracted with so many different things that we 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 don't know how to really tap into that authentic self. And um, it's 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 very complex, but it's not because of just everyday life, you know, every day. I'm, I, I experienced first the, the things that my parents told me. Then I was, you know, in my environment. Now I had the heartbreaks and all these other various things that really took me out of myself. In some kind of way, if we could just really, really just stick to ourselves and not care about what society says, what family says, what, you know, and support that with each other. I don't I don't have to believe in what you believe in for us to work together as a people to to really grow our community. But we think that we supposed to all have this kumbaya moment and it's not it doesn't exist that way because it's not really supposed to be that way. And so I think within our own rights, we are the leaders that have to, to stand into our to ourselves, our authentic selves and do what we're supposed to do. Stay in our lane. You know what I mean? Um, we can't. We're so busy looking at everybody else's lanes that we can't even stay in ours, and that's a huge problem of why we cannot get to this point. When to Rossi's point about 
We had to build the people first. Where do we start? We start with what Sadan said, self-esteem. Where does that start? It starts, self-esteem starts with you believing in yourself, mm-hmm. your abilities, uh, developing your talent, becoming disciplined. I mean, there's so, all these different things that you have to do for yourself. And once you get strong enough to where you can't break me, you can't break me, Donald Trump can't break me, you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, the the Korea, you can't break me, whatever. Once you get to that point to where you know what you know and you walk how you're supposed to walk, then all the pieces will start coming together. But we have to stop doing this fear and this anger and this non trust and mistrust, and and, and I'm gonna get mine before you get yours, and you know, all these various things. Uh, oh, we got a couple minutes to break. So, Don, you got something to say about that? Well, real quick, I mean, I wrote a book called God Wants You to Dominate, which is God's Guide to Excellence. And in the book, I discuss these things that we're talking about now. One thing, when I speak or I coach or I teach, I always tell people that you're good enough. Your skills may need work, but we confuse our skills with our identity. Now, as a person... I'm fine, but I might need to go to school. I might need to gain instruction. I might need to master a craft so that I can become viable to the workforce. And that's going to come over time. And to go back to what the brother said, you know, we have to have a plan that's longer than right now. So, again, if anything else, people need to understand, you're good enough, but your skills aren't. So work on what you need to work on, and it'll come together. All right, so we get a a minute to break. I hope you guys are enjoying this talk, because I am, and um, that you are actually getting something out of it, because these are the types of things that we need to be talking about. We should not always be talking about um, Georgia playing um, Alabama today, uh, right now. We should not always just be, you know, talking about when the Falcons going to rise up and all these things here in the ATL. Um, But (laughs) we do have other things in life that we need to talk about to get our lives together and so our communities and our children can be better. So we'll be right back after this break. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Reconciliation Movement is a nonprofit 501c3 charitable organization. It helps youth and families with education and community resources, promoting self awareness, mental health, and drug and alcohol recovery. Reconciliation needs help with providing these resources for youth and families. Reconciliation accepts and is in need of donations and professional services to no and low income families to prepare them for independence through health and education. Visit the reconciliationmovement.org. Victoriously Speaking has over 20 years of experience in human services. She is a licensed professional counselor, a motivational speaker, writer, performer, and community advocate. Book Victoriously Speaking for your next event or take advantage of the workshop she has to offer. Victoriously Speaking is all about teaching life and learning to live independently for excellence, free from fear, anger, and our doubt. For more information on these programs or to book Victoriously Speaking, call 404-969-5661. That's 404-969-5661. 
Hearts to Nourish Hope has been a leader in Clayton County for over 22 years. As a nonprofit, our goal is to expand and continue to be a one-stop community resource center that equips youth with the tools they need to achieve their goals. From our education and career training programs to our youth-operated food pantry, all of Hearts programs are designed to empower participants to improve the lives of their families and the community. Would you like to volunteer or need more information on how to participate? Please visit heartstonourishhope.org. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Today it seems everywhere I go, trouble's chasing me. You are listening to Life Radio. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at reconciliationmovement.org. Now, back to Life Radio. Here again is Victoriously Speaking. We are back, Life Radio, where we aim to live independently for excellence. And we've been having a great conversation about poverty, the mindset. We just talked about gentrification. I talked a little bit about urban development, but I wanted to talk about this, too. Um, I found another article by Olivia Oliver Wainwright. It was uh, supported by the Rockefeller Foundation, which I thought was interesting, um, from a... a a site called The Guardian, and it says the truth about property developers, how they are exploiting planning authorities and ruining our cities. And so I only highlighted one, a couple, like one part that I want to read. And it says that the banks went off the rails in particular fashion as they sprayed money into the great mortgage mirage. And if you remember, like in the 80s, and this is what this article is talking about when, you know, the, a lot of stuff went down with the housing and all this good stuff. And it says, now property developers have been allowed to follow suit. Now, this is in London, and these are things that's happening overseas. But it talks about the schemes are causing irreparable harm to our cities across the country, and especially in London, where land values, uh, according to bloated developments, authorities are allowing planning policies to continually be floated. So, like, affordable housing is being waived, and they're going through, like, all these various things, right? And it's, it's crazy because it says that places are becoming ever meaner and more divided as public assets are relentlessly sold off. Entire council estates flattened to make room for silos of luxury safe deposit boxes in the sky. We are replacing homes with investment units to be sold overseas, never inhabited, substituting community for vacancy. The more we build, the more our cities are empty, producing dead swaths of zombie towns where the lights might never even be switched on. Now, this is happening overseas, but there are places here that's going on, too. And I find it very interesting, kind of in what we were saying. We are asleep. We are asleep. Um, I always teach spirituality from the movie The Matrix. Um, and and in that, it's like we are, are so far behind in understanding what's going on in and around us because we only pay attention to what's going to entertain us rather than what's going to grow us as a people. And this is happening overseas. It's happening in our world. Is there a way to, to stop this? Is there a way that you think that 
we can um, start, you know, doing something for ourselves. We we have put so much trust into systematic things. We put trust into the matrix. What can we do? What 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 we what can we do? I'm gonna start with Rossi. Um, that's really a loaded question. I mean, like I, I said, it really. <laughs> You know, as you know, I wrote a whole book on it because it's really a multifaceted thing. I don't think there's one particular answer because it starts with, like I said, mindset. It starts with pooling resource together. To some extent, we do have to start being more deliberate in how we do things, especially as far as having sort of planned living communities, Mm -hmm. things of that nature. We do also have to get somewhat involved in government, particularly on the local level, because that plays a huge role in uh, creating the environments in which we live in. And then, of course, I think we need more support groups and think tanks because you can't do it by yourself. Mm -hmm. So at some point, we're going to have to come together with like-minded individuals and push these plans forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, reconcile. I believe that. I guess, you know, in my my world, because sometimes I'm a bit of a conspiracist, um, you you had people who tried that in the past. You know, we, we had the Black Wall Streets. We had the Black Panthers that, you know... Um, we have a group now in Detroit. They've been a little quiet. The new era of Detroit. They were trying to do it there. Um, and it's always met with resistance, you know, because it seems like anytime we try to do something or we come together and we start, uh, you know, making making some noise, we're kind of deemed to be something else. And then people get scared or people, you know, that's the thing. And, I, and even for me, I remember... You know, when I first woke up, that's what I call it. I woke up. Um, but when I first woke <laughs> up, um, I started this thing and I was working with these kids coming out the uh, juvenile system and I'm in the courts and I got the churches involved and all these things was going on. It was good. And all of a sudden I started getting threats. And in my mind, I'm thinking, no, did, what? Did, did, they, did he just threaten me? He just told me to watch my yeah. back because I'm trying to help these little boys and these families come out. Like, so that kind of, and I ain't going to lie, it scared me because um, I'm down here in the South, number one. Um, number <laughs> two, I, I just, I wasn't expecting that. I just had woke up. I was on fire. I wanted to help these kids because I felt like they were being railroaded, you know, and so. I, I, over the years, I've learned how to pick and choose my battles, and I'm not just going to put myself out there because people won't jump out there with me. And I think, you know, as long as we stay fearless and separated, we, we would never, because I know strength comes in numbers, but it seems to me that there's always something to kind of get in the way. And that's, you know, I always said we got to do things a little differently because, you know, even with the protesting and all that, they laugh at us. That's not getting us anywhere. Um, we start getting into a, a system. You talked about the government. And I do believe we have to work the government. I don't, you know, we do need a government. And I believe we have to work it. But the thing is, we can't depend on it. That's right. It can't be something that we depend on. We just have to keep people accountable. But it, it's, it, you know, people have to be with integrity. But for some odd reason, I find it that it's hard for us to really stick together. Um, in the issues that really matter, because to me, that's the only thing that sh- that's going to get rid of this poverty that we see. I don't know what y'all think. I don't want to keep going, but what what you think? Well, but I mean, if we go back, and I'm gonna be quick so I can give give it back to you. But if we go back throughout history, we've always had a section of African Americans that 
were willing to sacrifice the rest of us for their own comfort. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, that still exists. You know, we have people who are not trying to build up our communities. They're trying to build themselves up so they can leave our communities. So this is not something that we just started doing. This is something that's gone on throughout time. I mean, you could go back to, you know, the house Negroes versus the field Negroes. And it's the same concept. You know, I'm going to take care of me and mine, even if it's at the expense of yours. And that's just what people have been teaching, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it, I'm gonna put it like this: I'm woke, <laughs> but it's the new Jim Crow, and that, it's it's in a nutshell. Uh, the industrialized prison system is the new affordable housing for mm-hmm. our communities. It um they haven't put it anywhere else. That's the only place they can go, and actually afford to live, and they work because they're building furniture. They're doing it's not just license plates anymore. It's furniture. Mm-hmm. It's our uh, crops. It's animals. So they've turned it into this new Jim Crow where the plantation is actually a prison system. And that's why they fight you not to break up that, that moneymaker they have. And the, the crazy part about it is capital, capitalism rules America. But it doesn't have to rule it to the extent that our, moral, our morality is lost at the same point. Mm. Um, a lot of what we do mm-hmm. now is based off of the big dogs making their dollars. Like, like this tax uh, plan that came out. We put $1 trillion in a deficit on top of what we already had. Now we're going to go back and say we're going to do infrastructure. Where do you get the money from? You know where you get it from, from the programs that we put in the schools and our teachers and the, and the kids and our fire departments. That's the money they're going to snatch to try to do a wall in infrastructure. It's backwards. Now, you would think that these guys went to school and learned economics, but they're basically doing voodoo economics. It's going to trickle down. Only thing trickles down, you know what trickles down, it rolls downhill. That's all that trickles down to us. The rest of it is is a, a sense of, like you said, we have to get politically involved. I had a lady tell me one day, I'll never forget, Barack Obama was running for president. And I said, um, are you going to vote? And I said, not because he's black. I'm just saying, do you think you're going to get out there and vote? She goes, well, I'm going to leave in God's hands. He would never let nobody in there. It shouldn't be in there. Right. Oh. And I almost thought I was going to pass out when she said it. I was like, did she just... We don't participate. And the only way we can change this is to be a part of the rule making. We have to be within the system that makes it. Like I said, we can't depend on it, but we need that thread to make everything work. And that's, that's really <clears throat> part of the reason, you know, with reconciliation, we have those parts. I, I, I was like, you know, I, I call it building tribes. We have to have tribes in civic engagement. We have to do it in economics. We have to do it in education. We have to do it in family. And then we added life media because people are more aware through being entertained. So we mm-hmm. wanted to do like edutainment type stuff that was really good, um, which is how you and I met, Charles. Yep. Um, and so, <laughs> um, but I mean, uh, we we have to we have to look at who we are, our passions and, and get into one of those areas in our communities. It, it shouldn't really be that hard. You know, um, Rossi has the uh, Restore Black Wall Street events that's over at the um, Sights and Sounds and for entrepreneurs and, you know, economics. So I always look at what RBA does as, you know what, that's the economics tribe. And that's where I'm going to send people to. That's the type of mentality we have to have because we can't, like you said, we can't do it on our own. But we all play a part, you know. Me, I'm a therapist. 
I'm going to do all I can to motivate and empower you. And then I need to send you to a Rossi. I need to send you to a Sedan. I need to send you to a Charlie because you guys have the information that's going to take them even further. I just need to get you to that mindset to understand that you're more powerful than who you are. And that's what this is about. This is not about um, us just on here talking our two cents. This is about you need to be shaken up and stirred up to do something in our communities for yourself, for your families. You know, we got three minutes. I'm going to let y'all kind of close us out too. Um, since Sadan called in, go ahead and give us a minute of what you want to empower people with. At the end of the day, remember this. You're good enough. Your skills might not be good enough, but your skills are something you can control. So find out what you're good at. Find out what you're passionate about. And in the words of Dr. Cam Newton, be so good at it that they cannot ignore you. That's right. That's and make sure you go. Make sure you go to my site and check into guests, and you can find out how to get in touch with Sadan. Uh, Rossi, go. We got two minutes. Uh, yeah, one of the things I want to say, just kind of wrapping up and feeding off what you guys are saying, I definitely want to encourage everybody to to look at mentorships, look at more strategic um, strategic alliances and partnerships. You know, there's a saying, you know, if you want to go fast, you go, uh, you know, by yourself. But if you want to go far, you go as a group. That's right. And I think that that's kind of where we're at. One of the challenges really quickly with growing up in poverty is that self-preservation is the first law of nature. So one of the challenges with that is it's it's made us really selfish in a particular regard and almost reduced us to a primitive level. Not to compare us to animals, but if you use that as an example, an animal doesn't think, am I helping my brother? Am I living out a spiritual purpose? It just go around eating from tree to tree. And so many of us have been doing that for too long where we go around eat from tree to tree. So it's time for us to evolve in our higher self and step up out of ourselves so that way we can also start to look out for one another because, again, we're much stronger as a, as a group and as a unit than we are alone. That's right. And we got one minute. Charles, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, okay so we're going <laughs> to go ahead and close it out, y'all. We'll be back next week. We're going to talk about the root of all evil, the love of money, but we're going to talk about the difference as far as people in the streets versus the people in the country. So I'm going to have some of my hood folks in here next week, mm -hmm. and I hope that uh, that will be just as good as show. Thank you for tuning in. Again, Life Radio brought to you by Hearts to Nourish Hope, where we aim to live independently for excellence free of fear, anger, and or doubt. Check us out on the Reconciliation Movement. Thank you for making Life Radio an important part of your evening. Please join Victoriously Speaking, also known as Nicole Benton, Licensed Professional Counselor, for another edition of the program next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Here's to living independently for excellence.